It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And it's been a little bit, so we've got a fair amount to cover today. Yes, indeed, yeah. Um, topics today, the Supreme Court uh, ruling on the NCAA, ASU's con- continued uh, unfolding of this investigation that has reached at least the associate AD level, uh, yeah. which is not not great for ASU. Uh, MLB, pitchers dropping their pants, all kinds yep. of stuff. But first, let's, That's right. let's, let's talk about uh, amateurism and yeah. what that means, Matt. Uh, it's not it, The NCAA took a case up to the Supreme Court and lost 9 nothing. Yeah. Uh, relying heavily on a 1980s University of Oklahoma Board of Regents case uh, decided by or uh, an opinion by Justice Stevens, where in what the court now is making very clear was dicta, meaning not germane to the holding. Right. Uh, he made a comment about the NCAA's model, and, and the NCAA has has long clung to to that little bit of rock uh, on. You know, this is the way we've always done things, and this is yeah. fine. And it uh, it came back to bite him in a big, big way. Uh, in a 9-0 decision authored by Justice Gorsuch with a concurrence authored by Justice Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. uh, it's become very clear that this is how we've always done it, and we're the NCAA are not going to be effective arguments uh, for capping benefits to players, uh, and education-related benefits. Now, the NCAA, of course, took that as their, like, little piece of a victory, saying, well, we still define what is an education-related benefit. Uh, But man, oh man, was it a beatdown. It was. It was. Well, and it seems like, and, you know, you you can probably parse some of the legalities more, but stuff I've read is that they they basically opened the door to saying, Hey, if you want to press a case that goes further than just education benefits, we'll we'll be interested. Yeah, uh, you know, they've, and, and we'll side cert- we'll side with you, not the NCAA. I mean, that's kind of the hint they gave. Right. They've certainly welcomed further litigation. They, especially Kavanaugh's concurrence, but but in the opinion yeah. as well, it was well. This is the issue in front of us, so this is what we're deciding. Right. However, and the however is key. They basically said baseball's antitrust exemption, federal baseball, uh, is a badly decided case, which mm-hmm. has been previously acknowledged by the court, but it's now a yeah. yeah. hundred years of precedent gone by uh, of them acknowledging, hey, this was a bad decision to give baseball a yeah. full antitrust exemption, but the legislature's never overturned it. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if the court will balk at that moving forward right uh but if baseball had their footing uh shifted underneath them the ncaa had a complete erosion of their foundation uh because if they are subject to antitrust laws um then that opens the door to them not being able to limit really anything off of the Mm -hmm. open market Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and of course, I, I, uh, we texted a little bit about the, uh, the Kavanaugh, you know, opinion that he, he, I guess, wrote himself and, and no one else signed on to. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I know the, uh, I think it was Emmert or Emmert's, Emmert's rep, you know, basically, I'd be like, hey, that's one person and the other eight didn't agree. 
So, you know, I don't know if that's really the, the right way to interpret that, but that's their spin on it. But, uh, you know, the thing I, the thing I took from him is, man, some of the things he wrote really, really spoke to me. I, I, I pulled it up so I could read it exactly. Uh, you know, basically says, you know, the NCA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. My God, man, I, I think you and I have been shouting that for years that like, I've even said this to you that like, you know, if, if you took somebody who didn't know anything about American sports and, and explain to them how the college sports business model works, they think, what are you talking about? How did, how is this it make any sense? And, and the answer I think would be, I, I don't know. It just is. Um, and so I was just so heartened to see that like other people think that way too. And other people who have sway a whole lot more than I do. Well, and your point is well taken that, you know, he was the sole signer on the concurrence, but he wasn't going that far afield of where Gorsuch was. He just was broadening the point, uh, almost, uh, you know, what, what we were talking about before of he's inviting the challenge to the rest of it. He's, he's ready for it to be the whole system to be deemed unfair. Yeah, and, yeah, and I mean, anti-competitive, you know, which yeah. which it is. I mean, you know, it's, it, it is, it is, it is. It just it's it's anti-common sense. I believe. I mean, it really. Uh, you know, I you know, I know he said, and, and I'm I'm reading this here. You know, all the restaurants in a region cannot come together to cut cooks' wages on the theory that customers prefer to eat food from low-paid cooks. And he gave other examples too. And it's like that. That is that is pretty much exactly what the NCA's argument is. Well, but everybody likes it this way, like. First of all, I think everybody will still like college sports if the athletes can make money. I've never bought that. Like you know, this is going to ruin college sports. Well, no one, uh, no one loves high school sports like right. this. You know, it's, right, right. It's, it, college it, it, sports it, are big because of the passion about them and the affinity that people have for their school. Um, you know, and, and that's not going to change. I mean, my my affinity for ASU isn't going to lessen if you know and. and I mean, I'm not, this is a different subject, but, you know, fill in the star quarterback or the star basketball player or whatever. We'll get to the ASU scandal. They're making money. I don't care. If the quarterback's mom is arranging travel for elite prospects, (laughs) that doesn't mean I love ASU any less. Personally, I don't care. You know, I I, I get that it's against the rules, I guess, and we'll talk more about that, but I don't care. Like, my my enjoyment of college sports, let's say this, I enjoy pro sports and I enjoy college sports. And I never, I can honestly say, I don't sit on my couch on Saturday afternoon and watch college football and think, yeah, this is so much better because the athletes aren't making money. No. I mean, I I like, I probably would choose a college football Saturday over an NFL Saturday, but that has to do honestly with just the volume of games. There's, you know, 50, 60, 70 games. They're on an overlap and, and, and I can find an interest in a lot of different, and that's probably why, but it's not because the players don't make money. I don't care about that. Well, it, it's one of those things like how often do you even think about it in the course of the game? Never, you know, never. And, 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 the, and by that same token, in the NFL, I don't often find myself thinking, wow, that guy gets paid a lot of money to make that right. catch. Uh, right, you know, right. the only time it comes up in the NFL is when a guy does, you know, when a guy's heading into free agency and the announcers mention right. like, you know, a few more of those, they're going to have to pay a lot for them. It's like, yeah, yeah. Or they, the opposite, you know, a guy gets a big money deal and underachieves and you're like, God, what they pay this guy, you know? But yeah, I mean, like, 
here's the thing. I think the notion of like the innocent amateur pursuit of sport has gone away from college football and college basketball long ago. When, when coaches are being paid in, in some areas, you know, eight figures, most seven figures, some assistants are being paid seven figures. When TV networks are putting out all this money, when you, you know, I mean, like when tickets cost what they do, well, like, this is, this know, is a pro sport in every way, except for the fact the athletes don't get paid. We're, you know, we are a far cry from the era where pro football was a game of, you know, drunken <laughs> bar, you know, right. patrons playing against each other and college was the pure game. Like, right. Right, exactly. You know, yes. we're far yes. afield from that, and that is partly why the NCAA's handling of all of this is so of another time. Yes, let alone yes. Uh, setting aside the fact that they're relying on forty-year-old dicta for their position, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as the you know, in the face of really every other league except baseball. And, and to be clear, the Supreme Court gave baseball this exception a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. and has in multiple cases suggested, yeah, that might've been a mistake or yeah, that's probably not relevant anymore. And they have certainly declined to extend it to any other pro or amateur sport. Right. Right. You know, I think it's, I think it's certainly of note that the NCAA, you know, it continued its ostrich strategy this whole time. The same, (laughs) the same thing it was doing with the, name image likeness the nil stuff yeah you know where it's being told like hey this is coming to a head hey states are changing these rules there's momentum from Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. all political sides want this changed right you know and it's like "Mm, we'll deal with it we'll figure something out yeah and now they're now they're on the verge of of basically kind of throwing up their hands and saying okay whatever which is what i advocated years ago like let let people make money and if they can make money on their own go ahead and you know and now that seems to i mean after after all this delay and after forming committees to figure out how they're now they're they're you know about to basically say well if your state has a law in place follow that and if you're done if it doesn't then you know whatever which i'm like you know so so after hearing for decades that if athletes could make money it's gonna just ruin the sport Ruin the entire industry. Now it's just like, eh, whatever, go get it. We can't figure out how to make it work, so you guys do it. Yeah, well, and the other thing, which I, I've seen from a couple different uh, commentators and I think is a legitimate concern, is some states who are forward-thinking have made these adjustments, ha- have right. put in these laws. Now, as long as the NCAA rules exist, they've created a, a pretty much un- unsolvable conflict. Uh, between their law and the NCAA rules and the university has to decide which to follow. Yeah. But it seems like the NCAA recognizes that the universities are just going to have to follow the state law who, you know, cause that's where their funding comes from for like everything else they do. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, we're in a, we're in an interesting time. I mean, obviously this Supreme court decision comes and, and now we're what? four days away from when some of these, I think, isn't it Georgia goes into effect July 1st, maybe a few others, um, you know, so we're, we're well, coming on where these guys will be able to make some money. I know that Jordan, we talked about this a, a time or two ago, you know, Georgia's freshman quarterback, Brock Vandegrift has got a, got a deal already lined up, goes into a place, you know, July 1st before he plays a single game like that. 
is a, a changing world. I'm good with it, but it's it's certainly fascinating because you know, like stuff that used to be like, oh well, you can't even think that is is right around the corner. Well, and now on some level, it becomes a competitive advantage for a yeah, school like Georgia. Uh, yeah. To be able to yeah. say what what you want to go to LSU where you can't do this. Right. Right. Which I think soon enough, I think everybody will. I, you know, what I'm curious about is how does it, what form does it take? I mean, you know, you know me, I'm, i you know, I buy jerseys. Can, can a school sell a jersey of a player now? I don't think so. Not because wouldn't that constitute, that would constitute paying them, right? If they give them, you know, if, if uh, Oklahoma wants to sell Spencer Rattler jerseys and give him a cut of the pie, then they're essentially paying him. I mean, not directly, but I suppose that won't be allowed yet. Should be, but I, I guess not. Yeah, I mean, I well, I think what you're going to see as a school, you need to just set aside a number, you know, 86 or whatever from the year, the you know, find the year the school was founded. Yeah. Set aside that number. Don't give anyone that jersey and just sell that jersey next year. I guess. I guess. And, and wait I mean, until there's clarification because you, I agree with yeah. you, you need clarification because yeah if i'm spencer rattler and oklahoma sells a jersey with my number on it next year i'm going to turn around and point to what the yeah well i'm going to point to what kavanaugh said in his concurrence and say well wait a second you're profiting off of me right you know we're yeah Yeah. we haven't negotiated this and you know frankly we're headed towards a union uh i think yeah and hopefully some some collective bargaining for what they Which can and can't do. allow stuff like that. You know, like then you could, and then you could have the names in the video game and, you know, have it feel more like a pro sport. You know, if you, you sell a, you know, star quarterback's jersey, you don't sell everybody's jersey because, you know, how many people want to buy the, the jersey of the, you know, the backup right guard? Probably not very many. Um, but, there's but, a, but, but there's a way to do it where a percentage goes to the player and it's a percentage goes to the union to be divided among its members. Exactly. And yeah. you do the yeah. same thing for the licensing, but then you let them do, you know, Peyton Manning was a member of the players union for the NFL. Right. Peyton Manning, not the NFL PA was doing the, you know, commercials for state American Farm express or and, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, cut that meat. And yes, yes. I mean, yeah. You know, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes now and, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the most marketable people will will find a way to be more marketable uh, and take well, advantage, and that's how it should be. I I got, I mean, that's that's how every other industry works. Well, and you make a deal where you say, you know, if you have more than X players from the union appear in your advertising or in this thing, yeah, you have to pay the union some amount of money, and then you get the quarterback with his O line. You know, you get the right. entire secondary. Right together and which makes sense yeah yeah i mean uh, you know that's that's logical to me and yeah i mean uh, you know here's another thought as i mean as i propose this with the jersey and okay the school can't what if and i you know i should use a school that i know their their brand um i think alabama's nike uh can bryce young you know like have a deal with nike and they make alabama jerseys with his name and number on them well, or how know. how about because well that you would need Alabama sign off, but how about like what you see now with certainly across the MLB and I think across other leagues as well, where the players sign a deal. You know, Mookie Betts has a T-shirt 
right. Christian Yelich has a t-shirt. Okay, so he just wears, instead of wearing his Alabama shirt to the interview, he's wearing right. his own shirt to the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, which again, I'm good with all that stuff. If you all can find, I mean, one of the things is if you can find somebody who will pay you for it. Sure, and, and, sure. And look, maybe, it, uh, I think there's an equilibrium that's going to be found that's not giving these guys tens of millions of dollars Agreed. before they start Agreed. playing. Uh-huh, Agreed. Yeah. Yes, I mean, there. There's always a cap on a realistic value. Yeah, the feeling that, like, you know, I mean, how many how many recruits every year before you play a game, like you said, uh, you know, are, are that valuable that somebody associated with the school, a booster, a company, whatever, would say, you know, well, we're going to give you six figures, seven figures. No, I mean, may, maybe a handful. Maybe, you know, Trevor Lawrence or somebody like that could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, you know, the... the Arch Manning coming along in a couple of years. He's got name recognition. He he could be able, but but most of them are unknown. Um, but then as time goes on, you become known. Well, and it you, also you know, becomes, you know, everyone talks about, well, Phil Knight pumps in money to Oregon to help the yeah. athletic department. Well, he also pumps in money to Oregon to help Nike. Right. You know, right. It, it's not just, uh, you know, out of the goodness of his heart right. move. You know, exactly, exactly. If Jimmy Kimmel, I'm just coming up with the one Arizona yep. State alum I can think of. <laughs> yeah. If Jimmy Kimmel decides that he's going to give a million dollars to the, you know, the best Arizona in-state high school player to go to ASU, uh, how many years in a row is he going to actually do that? You know? Right, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Now, do I, you know, I know one of the things I've read and what they're going to do with their, you know, sort of laissez-faire rules is, you know, no, you know, you can't, the school can't pay players and they can't, you know, pay as far as recruiting goes. I'm like, okay, that's a good idea in theory, but I mean, you know, you can't tell me that a, a football program is not going to have on, on hand, maybe 10, 15, you know, companies that could say, well, Hey, if you, you know, we, we're, we're not paying you to come here, but if you come here, you know, this company will, will give you a little slice of the pie. You can do, do autograph signings for them. And, and that's fine. I, again, I don't think that's horrible, but I think, you know, let's acknowledge the obvious. That's going to happen. I mean, Alabama's yeah. going to have, you know, people on call that you can say, hey, this kid needs a little extra enticement to come here. Uh, if he does, could we set him up with a deal that, you know, he, he appears at your, you know, car dealership three times a year and you give him, you know, $20,000 per appearance? Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah, well, I you know, and you figure out a way so you don't tie it in with Alabama, but you tie it in with their radio deal. You know, right. the right. advertiser on yeah. the radio network. It's like, well, hey, look, as part of this, you know, why don't we make it seventy five thousand for your sure. you know sponsorship of the you know third quarter dr- opening drive yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And yeah. Yeah. this kid's gonna come there and and you know throw footballs to people when they buy a car for a day or do a you know do a weekly radio show like tom brady does or you know like Mm -hmm. you know a weekly spot on local radio i mean and again i'm totally fine with all this i think it should have been happening for a long time it's just it's going to be a kind of a strange new world for even people like you and i who who have been in support of this but it does open up these type of questions like okay are these guys now you know, maybe they're not salaried like an NFL player, but in every other way, are they? Can they? You know, if, if you're if you're Spencer Rattler and you're a big name, or Sam Howell, can you know? Can you do a, a you know a national radio spot and get paid for it? 
and and you know have Dan Patrick work in something about Old Spice deodorant because you know like I think so why not well it's you know I I think the key is going to be they have to craft their eligibility rules to focus from what I gather they're gonna have to focus on the academic part of yeah. this. So you yeah. got to craft your eligibility. They got to show up to class. They got to do these things. They got to right. maintain these credits. And if you want to try to, yeah, if well, yeah. if you want to try to curtail some things, you know, up the minimum number of credits a semester, you know, make them attend yeah. three courses, not, yeah. you know, or four courses instead of three or whatever to just try to, you know, yeah. Okay. If you can carve out the time to do it, but you got to stay eligible now, maybe yeah. it doesn't matter for some, yeah, but exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which I, I'm fine with that. I mean, uh, you know, I think all of us who follow college sports always look at the academic side with a little wink and a nod, like, yeah, sure, you know. Um, but, you know, if you're going to be a student, then be a student. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have a problem with that aspect of things. But I don't know. There's, um, eh, you know, it's just going to be interesting how it how it all shakes out. Certainly, you know, uh, there's there's guys, you know, I mean, I think about the Manning kid, obviously, and he's he's already got some buzz. Man, he's well positioned with this. He he could strike it big. He could be the you know one of the first like big time money makers when he comes on the scene in a couple years because mm-hmm. you know he's big name already and you know geez uh, companies will be lining up for some of that. His his uncle certainly have struck it rich, uh, so why not? He should too. When you just get to the point also where it's like, I even if it's not striking it rich, you hear the stories about the kids who, you know other than the team provided meals are, are struggling to, you know, right. for whatever reason. Right. Well, the idea that, you know, pick your guy, chip train him, could do yeah. 25 bucks a pop autograph signing at a yeah. sports card show. Okay. So he makes, you know, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks. Yeah. Great. You know? That, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he probably could get bad. a bigger deal. He's just an, you know, a no, name. No, you're right. You're right, and 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 you're you know I mean we we as football basketball you know primarily observers we think about the big star we think about the James Hardens and the Jaden Daniels and those type of guys, but you know there will be athletes in in the other sports that find a way. I mean through Twitter, through Instagram, through you know things that quite honestly I'm not. I mean and I'm not you know an 85 year old man, but I don't quite understand how all this stuff works. But kids do. They're 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 you know. They're imaginative. They're innovative. Uh, you'll have water polo players and volleyball players and tennis that will find a way to, to make some money. Not everyone, but some will. Some will find a niche and well, great. And, you know, all the better. Well, and the other piece of this, I'm just thinking, like, there's so many different ways you could go. Like, there's that guy, uh, Hayes Fawcett, who does the, you know, graphics when a recruit commits or narrows down the yeah. top six or whatever. Right. Well, let's say you're a high school senior and you make a deal with papa john's that your top six will have a papa john's logo on it or a domino's logo on it or whatever they'll give you let's say it's only a thousand bucks or or it's not or you get a a a penny a a retweet and a nickel for every comment okay those things blow up you know yeah they do that do and and i think that will happen yeah i mean you're right you know kids have already made that into a a personal branding thing. And so it's only a matter of time, probably not a long matter of time before it becomes a, a sponsored thing. And, and, and you know, like, yeah, I mean, does this open? I, I don't know, but like, if you're a junior in high school, can you do this? 
I mean, I, I guess maybe that depends well, on your your state's rules as far as eligibility for high school sports. But. Well, LeBron, I think, is the example. I think you can. Yeah, you just so lose your college eligibility now. Which now you might not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, so I don't know. I mean, again, I, I like it. I think it's good. I, I hope, I, you know, I, I can't remember. I, you know, I can't say it was my idea. It was not. Years ago, I, I remember someone basically was the one who, who kind of, you know, it hit me across the face of like, just go with the Olympic model. Yeah. You know, the, the NCAA doesn't have to pay them directly. The schools don't have to just let them make money on their own. If they can make a lot of money, great. If they can't make any, that's the reality of it. Not every athlete is going to be able to make money. I mean, that's just a fact. Not every football player is. But, you know, if, if but you're right. I mean, I like the idea, honestly, of, a, of like a players association, uh, a, you know, a tra- what do they call them? A trade association or something like mm-hmm. that, where it's not maybe a union that you're, you know, you're not negotiating salary and stuff like that, but you're you're sharing in the revenue. You're getting a, a cut of the, the jersey revenue and the ticket revenue and the TV revenue. And they should. I mean, you know, without like. It's one of those things. I mean, okay, yeah, you and I are going to see Alabama and Florida. Are we going to see one particular player? No. But it's because those teams have great players that makes it interesting. We're not going to see, you know, Jackson State play Florida A&M because those teams don't have great play. You know, so so those players, the players that we're going to see in the NFL for a decade, are part of the reason why you and I want to go see that game. So they should be – they should be cut in. Why not? I agree. Uh, let's pivot to a school that definitely thinks that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Already trying some. to cut some people in. Yeah. Um, so the ASU story keeps unfolding. The The dossier appears to in, implicate 10 members of the pr- football program uh, related to at least 13 recruits. Yeah. Um, a new report from The Athletic suggests that Assistant Athletic Director Gene Boyd, who is the CEO of the football operations, uh, GM of the yes. football operations, however I, they want to describe him, guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. suggestion is that he was made aware of this as early as last December and presumably took no action. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is no surprise to me at all, uh, you know, and... Before I get into Gene Boyd and all that, can we just can we just take a second to appreciate how like Mission Impossible esque it is that it's about a dossier? Yeah. Doesn't that make it feel like fancier? A dossier was received by the incident, like you know, like like Tom Cruise got some package as Ethan Hunt or something like that. But uh, well, I uh, so here's my my global take on this. Yes, the quote from Tevin White's father, the running back who just committed to ASU, yeah, sums it up. Well, everyone is doing something. Yeah. So, they, yeah. It, it, you know, and, and so, okay. I, I don't think it helped us on the Nico Marischal pursuit, no. but it seems to have not scared away recruits. I mean, no, it's the, no. and, and I mean, I agree with him that probably everybody is, is doing something, but problem there is not everybody is so brazenly breaking the rules and getting caught. That's the problem. You know, like I, I, I told you this last week. I don't believe we were the only program having players visit during the last fifteen months, by no means. But you just got to be smarter about it. And some of the details in this Yahoo story this week 
just scream out like just arrogance and ignorance and, and combination of both of like, man, if you're going to cheat, you've got to be a little bit more, you know, careful about how you cheat. Well, and, and the other piece that seems just insane to me is the number of people who are involved, you know, yeah. with Will Wade and LSU, right. it's a recruit, a connect and a coach. And a coach. Here, it's the entire coaching staff, some security people maybe involved, the players' families, that Jaden Daniels' mom may have been the conduit for transferring the tickets to the the recruits. Um, uh, You know, that's bizarre. And and to your point, and everyone talking now. No no one's being quiet. Yeah, I mean, there were so many things that came to my mind reading that story. And number one, as just a, you know, having a, a, a modicum of experience working in college sports and, you know, somebody who, you know, watches crime TV shows and the like, it's like, dude, you, you don't talk. You don't. Yes, I'm in the midst of rewatching The Wire, and so maybe that's got me being more paranoid. But still, when you when you are, you know, under investigation, you do not speak. And Chris Hawkins and Prentice Gill doing phone interviews – there's no way ASU uh, agreed to that. There's no way those were formal, like, oh, you know, the ASU media relations department set those up. Not a chance. Um, so that's poor discipline. You know, the the Jade Daniels mom thing, and now she says, you know, her, her email was hacked and her credit card was, was canceled. And, I mean, that just, that begs you to really be a very naive person to think that it was all just some crazy coincidence that, her account got used for this like that, well, that screams laundering well the thing is it, it, it her so the suggestion is her account got hacked and her credit card was misused but it was hacked to send the tickets <laughs> to the asu assistant coach yeah. recruiting the players yeah. and the credit card was used to buy the tickets so yeah. even if it was hacked doesn't that immediately turn it back to the ASU coaching staff and say, I think, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's awfully coincidental that, you know, some crazy hacker decided, well, yeah, I'll, I'll use this lady's account and, and I'll then send the funds toward ASU, but they won't know about it. The well, coaches, and, uh, their hands are clean. Like, well, and the on. other piece yeah. is if these recruits are flying on these tickets and the right. way the ticket got to them was because it was forwarded to an ASU assistant coach, there ends the inquiry. It doesn't right. matter how it got in the coach's it hands. No, it got to no, the coach. Now, I will tell you, when I first read it and I texted you this, my thought was, you know, well, what's the big deal? If a, if a player's, you know, family has money and wants to help out another player's family or another recruit's family, apparently it is against the rules. You know, I, I read that, that well, you know, unofficial the, uh, visits must be paid for by the, by the family of the player. Well, and that strikes that. me as the uh, Richard Jefferson suspension at Arizona when yeah, he and Luke Walton were roommates and Bill Walton bought them dinner. And it's like, well, he we could buy dinner for Luke, but not for Richard Jefferson. Right. And it, and it does make some sense, I guess, because, you know, if you allow that, where do you draw the line? I mean, I'll, I'll use the Manning kid again as a good example. If, if the, you know, the Manning kid commits to Alabama or, or Clemson or wherever, and then, you know, he's got 10 other kids that he wants to bring with him. And, you know, he calls up his uncle Peyton, who's got hundreds of millions of dollars. Hey, can you foot the bill for these kids? Yeah, why not? Uh, you know, I suppose that's not a great way to go. Or you or you just sign a kid because his family's got a ton of money 
but then again, I, when I thought of that, I thought, well, it's, it's legal to, you know, hire a kid's dad or a kid's basketball coach to be your assistant. So why not be able to sign a kid just because his family's got money and he can pay for other recruits? Uh, you know, it feels kind of similar. Yeah. It, it, the problem for ASU, as I sit here in my no inside information view of yeah. this, there are too many people talking and not enough people getting a consistent narrative together. Right, right. Agreed on that. You yeah. Know, a, yeah a, I mean, the response from Crow's office of the NCAA doesn't want us to comment doesn't right. really work when your coaches are commenting. Right, right. And I, I did see, you know, Gene Boyd was quoted in that as saying, you know, that, you know, I'm not going to comment. But why is he even answering his phone? I mean, that's that's one thing because, you know, I. He, he apparently didn't say anything, but I'm like, you know, you just you just don't talk, you know, like, OK, you might trust Doug Haller and they may have done stories with Doug Haller. But at this point in time, you should not be talking to Doug Haller about this. Now, it's Doug Haller's job to try to get you to talk and good for him for trying and good for Pete Thamel for, you know, like that's that's the media's job. They're not they're not out to protect ASU. Um, but, yeah, just poor, poor discipline in that regard. And. I, you know, I absolutely believe Gene Boyd didn't do anything about it because I, if I had to guess, Gene Boyd was probably aware of it before anybody came to him. I mean, if he is really the man in charge of the football operations, he probably knew what was going on before that. He might have assisted in it. So, you know, going and reporting it to Gene Boyd, he probably thought, yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. You know, I know what we're doing. I'm part of it. He may have had the idea for some of it, for all we know. So uh, that doesn't surprise me in the least. Yeah, it's um, it's very clear that this issue is mushrooming. And yeah, it is, and I, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. I think. I mean, it, like, I I believe I was thinking about it last night. I I think it's very reasonable, and this may be a way too conservative timeline that within the next eighteen months we'll have a new football coach, and we'll probably have a new athletic director too, or at least be on the lookout for one. Um, I, you know, I could be wrong, but it just, it just feels like, you know, this does not survive. I think we'll get through this year, um, and maybe 22, but I don't even know about that. Uh, it just, you know, at, at the pace things are moving at the rate that people are rolling, you know, and willing to talk, you got, you know, that the story on Yahoo made the point of, you know, you got recruits who didn't come here that were part of it. So they are great witnesses to be able to, you know, and you can say, Hey, if you lie to us, your eligibility is in jeopardy. But if you tell us the truth and, and they'll talk. And so, I, yeah, I mean, well, I, and I if think you we're commit, in big trouble. If, if any of those recruits committed to a PAC 12 team, their coach is going to be like, right. well, obviously say what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're totally screwed. I'm just <laughs> going to say, like, I don't think we're screwed immediately. I think, you know, I, I don't think anything's going to change before this season. Um, but I, I think we are in, in deep, deep trouble. And, and, uh, we're also not, I mean, and I know this sounds, you know, sort of conspiracy theorist, but I do think there's some truth to it. We're not a, we're not a blue chip enough program to get off. Like we're not North Carolina basketball, which basically got away with academic fraud with a pretty much a slap on the wrist, but you know, ASU is the perfect program to come down hard on and you and make an example out of. Well, and we, the other thing is we have a track record. We, we have do. so many yeah. major infractions historically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in multiple sports. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. At one time, yeah, I mean, we led 
the nation in major infractions. I think we still think, do. Yeah. All time. Yeah, I, I think so. And we might be adding some. So, you know, hey, you know, let's let's keep the distance here. And, you know, if you're going to lead, you know, win, I guess. Yeah. Like, let's not blow the lead on the back nine type of thing. But uh, yeah. Well, uh, and as I yeah. texted to you, if, if you're going to cheat, you might as well win. Got to be successful. Yeah. And <laughs> that's that is why I mean, now I will admit my. What do, that's the term I'm looking for. My excitement for this upcoming season has been watered down a little, just a little, by the feeling of like, you almost feel like dead man walking. But I will also say my expectation level hasn't changed one bit. And in fact, it's probably even more solidified because I don't feel like we're going to be able to say, well, okay, 2021, we won nine games and we're building towards something great. No, I feel like it's, it's it's now or not never, but it's it's now or wait a while for having a great season. Well, and part part of the problem for ASU is this is so on on the surface appears so wide ranging. Yeah, and and hitting position coaches, analysts, yeah. coordinators, head coach, assistant AD, right. At a minimum, you're there. Like, there's no, there's no one to sacrifice to the NCAA here. No, you know, no, I agree. Short, short I agree. of Herm, um, you know, which I, I frankly, you and I talked about. I don't see him going out on a limb with his reputation to protect Antonio Pierce. Uh, True. You know, he likes Pierce, um, but his reputation it means a lot to him, and and he's a well liked, popular guy. You know, motivational speaker, True. TV analyst. Um, yeah. I don't see him wanting to do this, but you're not going to give the NCAA Gill, uh, no. Hawkins, and Brenneman and and say, "Are we good?" Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no, we're, no so. we're not good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I get the feeling those guys are. Uh, you know, they're they're just. I don't want to say they're just doing what they're ordered, but um, you know, they probably have their jobs in part because they were willing to be shady it sounds that way at least um and and that comes from the people who hired them which is probably antonio pierce i guess i mean that the, the the lesson in this might be that you know and I, I don't want to absolve her i mean i think her probably knew what was going on but i have a feeling that a lot of this is her just basically said okay antonio pierce recruiting's your show you you run it and i'm gonna stay out of the way you tell me when to meet with the kid and, and i'll be there and well, I and think that, that maybe was the wrong approach. It it, it, well, like. is that not the definition of lack of institutional control? Yes, yes, yes. Like, and, like and the worst penalty for the NCAA is what you just right. described. Is that I mean, he abdicated authority and let someone else break a bunch of rules underneath him. And doesn't it feel that way? I mean, again, right, we could be wrong, um, but just the, the feeling that's emanating from these stories is basically like, you know, Herm truly is just CEO. He just, you know, he's in his office and maybe does some game planning. But when it comes to recruiting, it feels like he is removed. He, he, is, he comes to meet which, with the kid at the end and talk to their parents. Right. Which I admit is probably not all that different than most head coaches. I mean, I, you know, I doubt that Nick Saban is planning out when recruits visit and getting their parents tickets. And no, he's not bothering himself with that. But. You know, nothing happens without Nick Saban's approval. 
You know, I mean, it just doesn't, you know, or Dabo Sweeney's or Jimbo Fisher's or, you know, it just doesn't happen that way. And it feels like in this case, to use your word, you know, Herb just abdicated the throne and basically said, okay, when it comes to recruiting Antonio Pierce, you are the head coach, do whatever you want. Like that, that was probably a mistake. It certainly seems that way. You know, and, and it just, it raises so many questions about, you know, what we've heard for the last two, three years and how this program has been depicted. And I, I mean, you go back, it's kind of like, you know, watching old videos of like OJ Simpson and you think, boy, you know, whack when he was doing Hertz ads, like, oh, he's just uh, felt like, you know, all American guy, right? You find out, no, not so much. Now we're not accused of double murder, but there's a whole lot here that makes you re-examine everything we've been told about this program. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's bad. And it is. And, and, and just, that's if we stop here. And it's yeah, very clear I we're doubt. not stopping here. I mean, I know, you know, I, I listened to um, Mandel and, and Feldman did a podcast a week or so ago before this week's stories came out. And, you know, Feldman's been part of the reporting with Doug Haller. And he, he said, you know, we've got we've got other things on ASU we haven't reported yet that we're still trying to pin down. Now that some of that, one of the things might have been the Gene Boyd thing that came out this week. But, you know, like, yeah, it doesn't feel like this is the end. Um, it's just it's not it's not good. Um, the, the key is to just, you know, stare straight ahead. Don't screw up this season. Hopefully build an, a mentality of everybody's out to get us and go out and beat everybody in the head and, and you know, have a great season and then, you know, let the mess come after this season. I think that's really all we can hope for. Best case scenario. Yeah. It's a great season this year and then the, the you know, hammer falls after that. Yes. As you said, the – the way you're supposed to handle the NCAA with times like this is dare them to prove it. Yeah. Say and, nothing. And, yeah. you know, they probably... Say nothing, do nothing, they just pr- stare straight ahead. I, it sounds likely that they will prove some stuff. Uh, probably. But dare dare them to prove it. So, you know. Yeah. 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 I mean, the only way that this season gets messed up, I believe, is if... Crow gets nervous and starts, you know, canning people before the NCAA forces us to. Uh, and, and I and that's within the realm of possibility because I don't think Crow is really a guy who lives and breathes sports. We've talked about that before, and I could see him saying, "This is too much for me to take. I'm gonna, you know, Ray, you're out. Herb, you're out. I'm gonna clean house right now." But if he's willing to just stand in there and and you know get thrown at. Then stand in there and get thrown at and see if you can, you know, do something with this year. Even if the history books maybe take it off the books eventually, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, but, but again, my expectation now is you got to win the Pac-12, Yeah, you know, or, or at the very minimum, get to the championship game. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, you have nine to win, win the South. You must yes. win the South. Yes. Uh, you know, nine wins and a holiday bowl is just not going to cut it given that you know the hammer's going to fall probably after this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well, I think it lost two, the hammer might fall, depending on – I think wherever that is in the season, that's where it falls. Yeah, I mean, and that that is – that's the concern for me is if, let's say we – and I know we don't have the most tough you know, start, but if we're two and two or three and three, do you have players start taking off if they feel like, you know – this isn't going to happen here and everything's falling apart. I mean, you know, could this season get off the rails? I, I think that's 
impossible. I hope not. Um, you know, again, the, the key to me is you got to build a mentality of everybody's out to get us. And, and, you know, and I mean, if Eno Benjamin represents the mentality of the players, great, because he seems to be all, he's not playing anymore for us, but you know, everybody's out to get us. They're lying about us and we're going to show them. And as long as you can keep that mentality, you're fine. But adversity might build cracks in that. Yeah. Uh, a loss to BYU or something like that is, is not a way to continue to build that. Agreed. Let's switch now to our final topic, the MLB, uh, who has started, you know, I'll just, let's start with this. That They're doing substance checks on pitchers, which has had yeah. multiple pitchers offer, and in one case actually take their <laughs> pants down. Yeah, um, yeah. Joe Girardi had them go through Max Scherzer's hair. Uh, It's it's become sort of comical. Yeah, it really has. And 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 we're at you know Freddie Peralta in the Diamondbacks series for the Brewers had to have his glove removed because it was the wrong color. Yeah, we're we're taking a sport that is arguably unwatchable for many people and making (laughs) it worse. Um, yeah, yeah, and and I, you know, I was at the Brewer game today. Uh huh. It costs for two tickets and parking, just the so the get in the door price for the two people yeah. was one hundred and five bucks. And I'm yeah. not sitting on the first level. I'm sitting no. in the outfield of the second level yeah. for those seats yeah. to watch the Brewers play the Rockies. Not right. a marquee game. It's not like no, I'm going to the Cubs all. game. Right. And as I was leaving, I, I I said, you know, I'm who they should want to be here, and I don't sure. think I'm getting my value anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that ha- I mean that I mean not that anybody's listening to this who matters, but you know, you're a diehard baseball fan more than I am. We've discussed that before. I mean, I like baseball, I follow it, and you know, but I, I'm not as passionate about baseball as you are. Um, and and so yeah yeah that that should be alarming that you think that way, um, you know I, all this stuff is is it's another example we talked about a month or so ago about the whole Tony La Russa thing and and we talked about you know well it's got people talking about baseball and is that I don't think either one of us thought this but is that good that we're talking about baseball in the middle of the season when the basketball playoffs are going on and the hockey playoffs and summer vacation from school, you know, and things that like normally baseball is not on our radar as much, mm-hmm. but man, wouldn't it be nice? Now I, I say this and I'm not sure how you make it happen. Wouldn't it be nice if we were talking about baseball because of, you know, Vlad Guerrero jr. Is, is, you know, you know, near the triple crown right now, or Shohei Otani's got 25 home runs and an ERA under three or Fernando has- jr. De- DeGrom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some great stories going on this season. There really are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that any of those stories, maybe Otani a little, but do any of those stories really resonate to the casual sports fan? Even not even, not even the non-sports fan, the person who just, you know, that maybe occasionally watches sport, but just the casual, like, Hey, when the NBA finals are on, I watch when the world series are on. I, I don't know that, that those stories do. And, and I'm not sure how you make them. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, Vlad Jr.'s got charisma. He's got a famous name. Tatis certainly has all the charisma you could want. DeGrom's in New York. 
uh, Otani's in Los Angeles. I mean, you know, there's certain elements of those stories that you'd think, well, they're ready-made to be big stories, and I, I don't know, they're just not outside of the baseball world. Yeah, and that's what's frustrating is, uh, you know, I love baseball, and, and baseball attending games is, is testing me. Um, yeah. You know, and there were some parts about today that I liked. It was the final day of 80s weekend. They had a really yeah. fun video package to introduce the team. They made the scoreboard, gotcha. you know, reminiscent of the county stadium scoreboard where it's just gotcha. you know, the white gotcha. dots on the Yeah, black. that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. But man, alive, it, it, you know, it, it costs prepaid parking costs 13 bucks it would have been 20 if yeah. i hadn't paid ahead of time yeah you know, yeah the tickets are expensive the the bottle of water was 550 yeah that's one thing i feel like every sport can i mean i went to that game the sec championship game in, in atlanta and they are you know that was one of the big things that new stadium was you know affordable concessions and you're like why can't every place do this same for parking i mean parking is just a total money grab does it need to be $20 to park? You got the same amount of space as if you did $5 to park, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, or, or, I mean, at, at, um, you know, at Milwaukee's place, I've been there with you a couple of times. There's a lot of parking available. Yeah. Could you just let people park for free? I mean, if you let every ticket holder park, don't you have enough space or close to it? Absolutely. You know, so why are you charging at all? I mean, like it just, if you want to get people in the stands and build, you know, young fans and new fans and bring old fans back and whatever, you know, entice them a little. I realize that tickets are expensive in part because of salary. I, un I understand that. That's just the way it is. The, well, and know, I get that. And, and, you know, you could have gotten in the door in a very limited way on a $6 ticket, but then it's yeah. six and then 20 and then 30 right. and then 40. But you add yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, and I, and you know, look, I, the, obviously both of our, home cities are right now in the conference finals and prices for those games are expensive. And I get that. It's, it's, you know, the second to last round, the NBA finals, maybe in both places. And I understand that, but regular season prices, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, my, my dad and I went to see the Dodgers last weekend and it, you know, it was, it was 39 bucks a ticket sit to sit down the, down the third baseline, not, you know, not right behind home plate plus ticket master fees. So it comes out to $90 plus parking, so just like you, I mean, you know, over a hundred dollars just to get in, just to park and go to the game. And, and, you know, it was fun. I had a blast, loved it. Um, and it, you know, there were tons of Dodger fans there, which I felt right at home. Um, but you know, yeah, I can, I'm not going to do that a lot. Like, I mean, I've gone to three games this year and I've got plans to go to a couple more, had a great time, Adam, but I, I you know, that's, that's about my limit. I, I couldn't do that, you know, 60, 70 times a year, no chance. I don't have the money. Well, and it's the other piece of this is you and I, like I am now shifting and this is bad for baseball. I am now shifting where I think I'm going to be a pick my spots attendee in person. Yeah. You know, if it's Kershaw pitching or DeGrom pitching yeah. or a chance to see Trout. Yeah, yeah. I'll go. But well, that's what I've been, you know, I mean, but I, I watched exactly Chichi Gonzalez against Eric Lauer today. <laughs> and you know, Lauer pitched yeah. great. It was a five nothing game. It was a fun game. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I I'm unenthused and, by that. And see, that's that's notable more for you because you know I'm not a Diamondbacks fan, mm -hmm. so I don't go to see the Diamondbacks. I go to see 
who they're playing. And so when DeGrom was here and, you know, or all of a sudden, you know, the, the game gets rained out and DeGrom's going to pitch here on Monday, like, okay, I'm going to go. Yeah. I would never have gone to that game if DeGrom wasn't pitching. I wouldn't have gone to see the Angels if Otani wasn't pitching because, uh, you know, he can't DH here. So if he hadn't been pitching here, I wouldn't have gone. Dodgers I wanted to see no matter what because they're the Dodgers. But, yeah, I mean, uh, the other two games I'm going to are the Cubs, see the Cubs, and the Padres, basically, you know, to see them and, and hopefully to teach more than anybody else. But, you know, they're a, a notable team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Like, you know, I, I go to see certain people. I'm not going. I mean, the Diamondbacks are playing the Giants next weekend. The Giants who have the best record in baseball. I'm not going to any games because it's like, I don't know, the Giants don't do a whole lot for me. They don't really have any guys I need to see or feel like I have to see. And the Diamondbacks certainly don't, uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars to go or $50 for myself, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I don't know. And so to, to make the game more fun, they are now checking pitchers uh, to make sure they're not putting sunscreen on. In, yeah. a, in a copious amount such that it will become sticky with rosin. <laughs> Which, you know, like you said, and, and that's a perfect tie, and that's what I thought when that was coming out. Like, man, you want people to come to the game. You want young people to watch the games on TV. I just don't believe this is the way to do it. Now, maybe, I will, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is the way to, you know, get more hitting involved and more action. And, and I don't know. But we've, tell, but we've solved, but, you know, at least at this point, we we're now in an era where they think it's a solved game. It's home run, right. walk, strikeout, three true outcome. Right. Uh, and you know that that's not fun the, for me anymore. It, it's really not. No, I agree. I mean, you know, it, it's now you know it's funny in some ways you're saying that because I've gone to the three Diamondbacks games the last month and. I've had a blast. And, and I think maybe some of that is just, it's been a long time since I've been able to go to games, you know, and couldn't go to any last year and didn't go to any football last year. And, you know, um, and part of it too, is that the Diamondbacks stink and, and they lost all three games and I enjoyed, you know, rooting for the opposing team. I'll admit that. Um, but you know, I've had a great time, but I don't think that's because of baseball necessarily, or because of the, you know, the product that D-backs put out there at Chase Field. It's just more, for me, it's like, man, it's just nice to be back in a stadium. It's nice to sit and watch a game and see, you know, and see the opposing fans and, the, you know, it's just, just good. But, uh, you know, that has its limits, too. I'm not going to do that for every game because, you know, that adds up quick, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because I, you know, so I was talking to Kelsey as we were leaving and she said yeah. to me, she's like, well, it sounds like your days of buying even a 10 pack of games are over. And I said, yeah, yeah I think so. I yeah. think it's going to be, yeah. you know, I'll try to see the Cubs for the rivalry. Right. I'll right. try to see the Dodgers or in the future, whoever that equivalent is. Right. Um, you know, and then players who I think might be special. You know, watching Trevor Story not doing it for me on the Rockies. Be careful. That's my that's my second cousin. But you know, well, I don't <laughs> believe you. You're uh, right. You're you're right not to. It's not. But uh, but no, I'm with you. I mean, the Rockies are a great example. Like they're. I mean, I don't know if they played the D-backs here yet. I'm sure they have. They, they just probably did, still play them. Did they? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know they probably beat the D-backs because everyone does. Um, but you know, like, yeah, I'm not going to go see the Rockies. I'm not going to go see the the Nationals. I mean, maybe if Scherzer was, but, you know, for me, too, like, 
if I if I see the guy once, I saw Scherzer a few years ago, probably good. You know, the Giants are a good example, like Buster Posey, but I saw him play, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years ago. I'm not going to go again because that's that's a lot of money. You know, I, I now I've seen Otani. Like, probably good. I mean, you know, I don't know if he comes back. Maybe I would. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, obviously, I like I like going to football better than anything else. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I guess – See, the thing that football has is it's it's a limited supply. Mm-hmm. And so you feel like, okay, I, I can spend this money on a football game because it's one of eight. Or if it's a college, you know, it's one of six or seven at home. Uh, you know, and like, yeah, okay, I feel like I'm getting my money's worth. But one of 81, or, you know, I mean, to use the, you know, $100 just to get in the door for two people, it's a lot. And, and so if you were, you know, if you were going to, you know, 20 games, that's $2,000. <laughs> that's a lot yeah. of money. Uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely, you know, that's the that's the thing about basketball, hockey, baseball, is there's so many games and the prices are not mar- not a huge amount less than going to a football game where mm-hmm. you feel like, all right, I'm seeing one of a very select few, so it's worth it. Yeah, well, and also football... Ha, ha, you know, for the casual fan, football has everything you want. It's got the gambling, better gambling ties, better fantasy. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you can find something. I I have found you can find something in a lot more football games than baseball games to yeah. be interested in. Because yeah. even if yeah. you have, even if you do play fantasy baseball, half the time your guy's not scoring because they're on defense. Right. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, yeah, football is the is the perfect sport for our our culture now. I think you know it, it's uh, you don't need a, a real consistent attention span. You you know, fantasy football, you gotta you gotta you know pay attention about once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's not the case if you play fantasy baseball or basketball. You know, so it does lend itself more to that. Gambling certainly is is made for football. Um, you know, it's it's a perfect marriage between football and sports betting. Um, you know, and, and really it is, it's just, it's just a, a lesser amount. So, you know, if you're going to watch and an, I mean, if you're a fan of one team, you know, all you got to do is pay attention now 17 weeks a year and, and one day a week. Like mm-hmm. that's not bad. It's not asking a whole lot of you. If you want to just be the casual thing, if you want to be intense and watch NFL live every day and, you know, read the waiver wire and you can. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's different with baseball. It's, you know, and I mean, it's just the nature of the sport. If they cut to 140 games, it's still a lot of games. Um, you know, I hear that suggestion and I'm like, I don't, I don't know that that would really make a huge difference. Um, but yeah, it's just tough. I, I don't know how you get baseball back to, you know, kind of what it was before, even when we were kids and it felt like, you know, with McGuire and Sosa and Cal Ripken, like there was something that, engage the casual sports fan that just doesn't feel like it's there and hasn't been for quite a while really with baseball yeah i mean there are no heroes and there are no villains in baseball you know barry bonds was both yeah you know mcguire and sosa were both to their respective franchises yeah you know and i guess maybe that's the 
you know, I mean, obviously we're talking, you know, the, the, those guys, you bring up the home run record and then you get into steroids and, you, you know, and, and the records and stuff have become less meaningful than they were when, you know, like people, people don't know off the top of their head how many home runs Barry Bonds hit career. But when you and I were growing up, we knew 755 was Hank Aaron's number. We knew 61 was Roger Maris's number. Uh, those numbers meant something. And now those numbers don't mean much. Nobody hits for average, so there's no chasing 400. Uh, very few pitchers, you know, get 20 wins. Um, you know, so like the season numbers that used to matter, they're they're less and less relevant. And I think that's why it becomes hard to really get into the regular season for six months. Yeah. I think that's, I agree, 100%. I, mean, I remember when I was a kid, you know, like you followed, okay, you know, could the Braves have four 20-game winners? That's that's unheard of now. I mean, you, you know, you, you're lucky if you have one 20-game winner on a staff. You're lucky uh, if you, you have know. a couple 20-game winners across the league. Right, right, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, and, and you know, home runs are up, but not so much really individual, like, not that many guys hit 50-plus, and even if they do, does it mean anything? Like this, this 50 home runs still matter the way it used to. Doesn't feel like it. The record is so far out of reach. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody's ever going to get to 73, uh, at least not anytime soon. So it's like, does it, does it really matter? Doesn't feel like it does. Yeah. And those were the things that, you know, as a kid, you followed. You, you know, somebody going to hit 400 this year. Somebody going to get to 62 home runs. Like. There were, you know, that that meant something at the beginning of the year, and then you'd follow it as the as the year went along. And I mean, gosh, I'm, I was at the, the Dodger game, and you know, they're putting up the like top top twenty guys in the National League in batting average. You got guys on there who are hitting in the two sixties. I'm like, this is the top twenty. Now that's that you know, two sixty five gets you in the top twenty in the league. Like you know, so four hundred is way out of the question. Yeah, it's. You know, where <laughs> it, it, it's funny because whoever leads the league in hitting this year is going to not really be that impressive, right? No, it's but, probably going to be 320. But, but they're like going to be 100, 115 points above league average. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and that's not to, I mean, it's not to knock somebody. I mean, 320 is good, but, you know, like, uh, you know, we've we've done this before. I know maybe it was last summer when there wasn't much. We we ended up, you know, going through Tony Gwynn stats and looking at the number of years that Tony Gwynn hit, you know, 350, 370, three, you know, and like that's that's unheard of well, now. And how few strikeouts. That, oh, my yeah. gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I know the game changes and you could say that about basketball you know guys shoot so many more threes and and football there's so much more throwing you know you can't receivers have so many more catches and and the passing yards are up and i i get it things change things evolve but i, I just think it, you know, baseball was really a sport where the numbers matter maybe more than anything else and now they don't feel like they matter like you know vlad guerrero's got 26 home runs now i think mm -hmm. i think i saw he had his 26 last night and it's like that's a lot but He's not going to get to 70. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like, well, wake me up in September. And if he's leading the league or he's got a chance at the triple crown, okay, then it becomes exciting. But right now it's, it's you know, I mean, I like the guy. I love Vlad Sr. And so it's fun following him. But I can't blame a casual fan for saying, who cares? Yeah. It's, if you are motivated by doing something that others haven't done, baseball used to, feel like it could still right. give that to you. Right.
right. But we right. have, you know, we've had seven no hitters this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> it's mean, not even it July first. It does sort of water down the meaning of that. Now, I I will say, you know, when when I was at the Dodger game last week and Bueller had a no hitter going into the eighth, I was on the edge of my seat. Oh yeah, because I've never seen one, and you know, but but admittedly, you know, I. I, the first game I went to, the Mets, and DeGrom's great, but, you know, I even thought, like, you know, he could throw a no-hitter because it doesn't feel that impossible to throw a no-hitter anymore. So, yeah. I mean, it did go through my mind in, like, the second inning, like, eh, maybe he could throw a no-hitter tonight. He didn't. But, you know, you feel like, well, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility at all. No. It, it's... I think for me what I'm curious about is when, you know, like when Torkelson gets called up, yeah. Will that be enough to make me be like, all right, I want to watch this. You know, yeah. I, was, I was interested yeah. in Pedroia's whole career. I was interested in his sure. uh, retirement ceremony Which statue cool. yes. thing this yes. past week. Yeah. Um, but I just, yeah, you know, I care about the Brewers and therefore yeah. I care about, you know, diminishing returns away from them. Like I care about the right. Central. I care right. about the National League. Then I care about baseball. But I, you know, I, I just, I, I'm having a, I'm having a, a dip in my yeah. relationship with the game right now. And, and, yeah. I, and I think, yeah. I think I held out longer than most. But... <laughs> Probably you did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's interesting that you're saying that. I, I honestly didn't expect you to be saying that, but I, I get it. I can't, can't talk you out of it. I mean, I, you know, I, I will agree that like, I'll check scores pretty much every day. I'll look at the scores and, you know, I always check the Cubs. I always check the Dodgers. Um, I check the Padres, uh, you know, I check the Diamondbacks to see if they lose. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of games that, like, I'll look at the score and I'll just kind of, I don't know, do I care? Do I care who wins Angels and Rays? Not really. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything against either team. I don't have anything really for either team. It's just like, whatever. Uh, you know, over the long haul, well, and the you know, Rays the Rays were in are the interesting. World series last year. They were, they were, and, and the Rays are, you know, they're good again this year. And, and that's kind of one of those that like in September, if the Rays are, you know, they got 90 wins and they're playing, you know, they're going to get in the playoffs. Like, okay, then they become a little more interesting. But right now, not really. Uh, you know, I mean, Yankees Red Sox was this weekend. I, I don't, it's not like the old days. I mean, and not even the really old days, I mean, you know, the, the 2000s when it was like, Every Yankees Red Sox series felt like you know the the Earth could shift. I mean, now it's kind of like yeah, they're both good, both good teams, but uh, yeah, there's not. I mean, I probably couldn't tell you more than maybe four or five guys that start for the Red Sox. I'm not even sure I could tell you that much. I uh, I don't think I can. And they're good. Yeah. I mean, they're a good team. It's not like they're terrible. They got Xander Bogarts. Um. That and other guy that, that might be it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some other names, but uh, yeah, you know, and like the Yankees. I mean, they got Judge and Stanton. The Yankees, I, I can do because to I me, mean, they are they and the Dodgers are still like, yeah, I still care. So it's you know, I mean, you got the Judge Yankees, and Stanton. Like if they were in town, Gardner. I'd go see them, hundred yeah. percent. But is Brett Gardner still there? Is that who you said? Yeah. You got Gardner, you got Sanchez, Torres. There's Sanchez, yeah, um, that's true. See, see, I mean, as you're saying the names, they're coming to me, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. I did this last year. Now, of course, I, I know them better because they were in the playoffs and I watched them, but 
Last year, I remember thinking, I could probably name more 1995 Atlanta Braves than current Atlanta Braves. And I'm pretty sure that I proved to myself that I was correct. I, and like that, you know, it's not a great sign. Yeah. Well, and I think I could too, now that you say that. I, I got Albies and Acuna and Swanson. Freddie Freeman. Freeman. I know they got Arcia yeah. in AAA because the Brewers traded him there. Right. Right. Uh, they have Soroka, who got hurt again. Who got hurt? Right, right. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you even count him. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I know more than I did. I remember last year when I thought this. I thought, okay, I got Acuna, and I think I got Freeman, and I got Swanson because again, the Diamondbacks traded him, and I root for him because I hate the Diamondbacks. Um, but that was about it. But then, you know, God, I could give you pretty much the entire mid nineties. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones. Terry Pendleton, Ron Gant, uh, you know, Javi Lopez. David Justice, Eddie Perez, David personal Justice, catcher yes. to Greg Maddox, Maddox, right. Blavin, uh, Smoltz, that's the, Yeah, I was going to say, not even getting into the pitchers. Maddox, <laughs> Blavin, Smoltz, Kent Merker, Steve Avery, Mark Denny Nagel, Mark Wohlers, John, John Rocker. Rocker. Yes, yeah, I mean, see, we're, we're just, you know, we're going now. Now, admittedly, there's a little bit of a sample bias there because the Braves were on TBS every game and then, you know, so you'd watch the Braves a lot. They were good, and they were on, you know, cable TV, and that's not the case anymore. But still, like, it's not a great sign for baseball that you and I, who are baseball fans, can more quickly fire off 1995 Atlanta Braves than 2021. Yeah, agreed. When the Braves, I mean, they they aren't as good as people thought this year, but they came into the year, you know, as, as a team you'd expect to be pretty good. It's not like they stink. Yeah. Anyway. The stuff with the spider tack and the We didn't sunscreen. talk that much about that as it came down to it. I know we started, we, we veered off into just the general baseball problems. But I think it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. You know, the, the entertainment value of baseball. And you cannot tell me that the entertainment value of baseball is boosted by, you know, umpires going out in the middle of an inning to have Mike, Max Scherzer show us his arms and his hair and his pants. Like, yeah. I just, come yeah. on. We're solving the wrong things. We are. We are. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure how you solve the right things. And I guess maybe that's, as you say that, that's what I'm getting at is like, I don't know how you make it where the, the good stories of Vlad Guerrero and Fernando Tatis resonate with people in, in July. But I sure think you want to try that more so than this. Well, eliminate the bad stories. Let's start there. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I, that's that to me is how you want baseball to get talked about. You want it to be, man. The, the, I mean, I believe the three highest home run totals in baseball are Otani, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Those are three really cool stories. Mm-hmm. Two sons of former players with great personalities. Otani is a you know a pitcher slash hitter. I mean, that's that's really cool. That's not something you see every year. Yeah, but it feels like that's getting lost and and. And it's not like they're going up against a great NBA playoffs. I mean, you know, like the NBA playoffs are kind of lacking star power. There's no LeBron. There's no Durant. That you know, like um, Stanley Cup is you know, it's it's a niche sport now. Um, so baseball should have a chance to make waves right now, but it's just not happening for the right reasons, at least. Yeah. Well, we'll be back to talk about uh, the baseball All Star jersey debacle. Oh and, gosh, yes, yes. And, Another terrible decision by Major League Baseball. Yeah, and whatever fallout comes from ASU and the NCAA changes, and 
maybe some other acronyms will come up and, and we'll talk about those as well. But uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's been Matt Sportscast. <laughs>